from the TWU Local 591 Union Hall. It's the Local 591 podcast with local president Gary Scheibel. Join Gary and his guests as they discuss topics that impact and affect the careers and lives of union members. Take it away, Gary. All right, thanks, Tommy, for the introduction. And welcome back to the TW Local 591 podcast. Today, we want to talk about how they off the awarding and or signing. And I have Russ Dittmer here. Hello, Gary. All right, Russ. So we're going to talk about the new process for how members get awarded a holiday off, correct? Yes, sir. And it's definitely been a transition for a lot of our members for a lot of reasons, too. Oh, why don't we expand upon our reasons? What do you mean by that? Well, in the old TWU contract under Article 7, that contract was silent as to the actual process used to determine who got awarded a holiday off each holiday and who was required to work. Because of this, back then, there were different methods being used in quite a few stations, mostly via local agreements that had been developed for their station and their preferences over the years. Some stations kept a system of tracking points for holidays worked, holiday awarded off, etc., Those points were then used to determine who might be awarded the holiday off on a subsequent holiday. It was a fairly complicated and very labor-intensive process in every single station, and one which often had many administrative errors in there, which really didn't make a lot of members happy. Yes, I recall. So you said the old TW contract. How has that changed in the new joint collective bargaining agreements? Well, in the new MNR and MLS JCBAs in Article 22, the process of determining who will be awarded a holiday off is strictly based upon classification seniority for each holiday. There are no more tracking points, no more balance processes, none of that. And why is that? Well, first, unlike in our old TWU agreements in the past, in the MNR and MLS JCBAs, our holidays no longer float. What I mean is, prior to the JCBAs, basically, if in the TWU we were not scheduled to work or had a shift swap off that day, our holiday, for pay purposes, would follow us to the next day we actually worked, and we would typically be paid the holiday pay then. That no longer happens. Now, under the JCBAs, you are paid the holiday premium, which is 1.01 times your hourly pay for your regularly scheduled shift, regardless of whether you work that holiday or not. In the JCBAs, if you are regularly scheduled off or if you have a shift swap off, you will be paid straight time, 1.0x, for those scheduled hours of work. That means if you're a 5 8 member, you'll be paid 8 hours at 1.0x straight time. And if you're normally scheduled 4 10s, you'd be paid 10 hours at 1.0x, which is straight time. Okay, and so you used the term holiday pay. You mentioned holiday pay is paid at 1.0x pay. Is there a reason you keep mentioning it that way? Yeah, it's actually a pretty important change from the way we used to do things in the TWU in the past. In our past TWU contracts, we received what was called holiday pay as a type of pay premium. In the previous TW contract and post-bankruptcy contract, holiday pay was paid at one and one-half times the hourly pay for the holiday. The JCBA changed the way holidays are paid into a two-step process, one for the actual holiday and a second pay if you actually worked on that holiday. For example, if you're scheduled off on a holiday right now, you should see holiday pay and the actual term on your paycheck will be holiday premium. Holiday pay on your paycheck for the number of regularly scheduled hours you work that day as if you were working. So it's straight time for 8 or 10 hours, whatever shift you were on, because it's your day off. 
But if you were scheduled to work and you worked your regular shift on that holiday, you should see two entries on your paycheck both the holiday premium, which is straight time 1.0x, and then you'll also see for the hours worked the 1.5x or time and a half holiday work premium. I can't explain it, but for some reason, payroll decided to call that holiday work overtime 1.5 on your paycheck. How would that work if you called in sick on a holiday? In the new JCBA contracts, they do not permit the payment of sick pay if you call in sick on a holiday. Because if you call in sick, that holiday would simply be coded as holiday pay or holiday premium for that holiday and not sick. Well, with that explanation, how about we move on to talking about contractual holiday off scenarios? All right, Gary, it seems there's still some confusion out there on what should happen with each holiday for manning purposes when the company determines it doesn't need a full scheduled crew on shift. What actually is a full scheduled crew? The full scheduled crew is the normal manning from the rebid of all workers expected to come to work as though it was a regular workday and not actually a holiday. How about we move on to how they determine a lower complement of workers are needed? All right, well, contractually, the company has the task of reviewing their flight schedule, their expected workload, and determining whether they will be reducing the complement of workers on any or all of the shifts in each bid area prior to each holiday. So the company does the manpower research prior to each holiday? Exactly, yes. Does the company have to have that manpower reduction information posted before the members start submitting their volunteer request? Contractually, no. The only contractual posting the company is required to provide is the final notice of reduced complement. Members who submit volunteer requests won't know whether their request will be awarded until that final posting. How or maybe when do members notify the company that they would like to volunteer for the upcoming holiday off? Well, this is pretty important, Gary. Before every single holiday, and the most confusing is going to be Christmas and New Year because they're so close, but the window the company provides is between 21 and 7 days prior to each holiday to request a volunteer off. The company uses WorkBrain to automate the process of notifying them of these requests. The member needs to log into WorkBrain between those dates, go into the TOPP app, top app, and submit the holiday off request. Again, remember, when you have Christmas and New Year, because they're so close together, you'll need to do these two holidays separately. Okay, so if I requested a holiday off, what happens next? Well, WorkBrain retains all of the requests from anyone who submits a request for that specific holiday. When management determines how many, if any, on each crew the crew could be reduced by, the company then processed the request by seniority, high to low. Okay, so you mentioned seniority. I got this right. So you go high to low seniority until the company gets the number of volunteers needed to get to the reduced manpower number. Is that correct? Yep, exactly. What would be next from there? Well, after processing all of the requests, the company is then required to post the notice of any reduction on any shift not less than seven days prior to the actual holiday. Okay, since we've seen what happens once the company gets to the number of reductions, I need to ask what happens if the company doesn't get enough volunteers. Well, in the event the company believes they need to reduce further than the volunteers, the company does have the option. Frankly, we don't think it's a very good idea, but the company does have the option to assign members on the same shift, this time in reverse seniority from low to high, to take the holiday off until they meet their number. Just like volunteers, that assigning will be done and be posted no less than seven days ahead of that holiday. Yeah, I don't see that going over well. That said, is there anything else to add on that provision? Yeah, there is an odd twist to this one. 
In the event after they've posted, the company then finds out that they need to increase their manpower. They need to bring in overtime because somehow whatever happened, they need to figure that out. They can't just go to the normal overtime list and use Article 18 and that process yet. If the company needs additional manpower on that holiday before they can run the standard overtime list, they're contractually required to solicit those who were forced off on that holiday in seniority order from high to low. If the company doesn't get sufficient workers from that forced off group, the company only then can use the Article 18 overtime procedure. All right, got it. Now, what happens if, for example, there is an overage in one work location on that shift or awarded the holiday off, causing the work location to be short in manpower? Yeah, Gary, that's a complicated one. And we've been asked this one a lot of times. On holidays, when that does happen, when there's an overage in one area and a shortage in another because of that, management can assign the crew chief to reassign a specific number of members from their work location to the work location that management tells them to send them to. We at Local 591 always recommend that the crew chief solicit volunteers first. And if not enough volunteers step up, then the crew chief assign in reverse seniority from low to high in their work location to report to the new work location for that day. Okay, is there anything else you want to focus on with this topic? Yeah, Gary, one other item on this one. In order to help our members see the process broken down, I built a simple flowchart to walk them through the process of understanding what happens with each holiday whenever there's a holiday off event going to happen. Well, that's definitely going to be appreciated. It's usually good to have a step-by-step process broken down in simplified form. That said, any flowchart is just a visual aid and not part of the collective bargaining agreement. Absolutely. That said, I also provide a legend for the MNR and the MLS-specific article provisions to help our members understand the process and locate the actual contract language if they need it. That's a great idea with the flowchart. Can you tell us where that would be located? Yeah, Gary, right in the same podcast area, you'll find a link to the flowchart. Actually, one of the things I want to remind our members of is whenever you see a flowchart or something like that and you see something that we can do to improve it, definitely take the time to send us an email or a text or something and we can help you figure it out. Uh, That's really good. Is there anything else we need to cover? Nope. I think that's it for holiday off scenarios. Well, thanks for us for the information and putting together this podcast. That's quite a bit of very valuable information for our members. And I definitely appreciate it. I know the members will uh, definitely appreciate you putting together this information. Glad to be able to help the members out, Gary. All right. Well, like I said, thanks again for helping us out and coming in the studio and doing this all-important podcast. If there's any other subjects anybody out there wants to have us cover, please let us know by sending us an email at info at local591.com. And that's all for today's podcast. Thank you for listening. and. Most importantly, stay safe. Absolutely. For more information about TWU Local 591, go to local591.com. To comment on this or any of our podcasts, email us at info at local591.com. You can listen, download, and stream episodes of Local 591 Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, your favorite Android podcaster, or your RSS feed-enabled browser. Local 591 Podcast episodes are also available to stream and download from our website, local591podcast.com forward slash podcast. Music provided under license by pond5.com. The Local 591 Podcast is produced and engineered by Tommy Engel. 